and welcome to the 11th ever episode of the second ever season of the Plebs on Footy podcast. I am your host, Rory O'Kane, and as always, I'm joined by Scott Fotheringham. One day late, Banjo. Are, are you going to concede this time? You're not going to blame me for the fact that we've delayed the pod. It was your fault this time. Yeah, no, it was entirely my fault. I apologise for going to a movie premiere ahead of uh, doing the pod. You uh, should apologise. Yeah, no. The Obviously movie, you don't care about the pod enough. It wasn't that great a movie. Um, I had some issues with <laughs> Wonder it. Wonder Woman, surely no. Well, like, surely. So it was better than DC, a lot of the DC movies, but um, as... I care way too much about Greek mythology, which really affected my... That was your problem. Yeah, no, real problems. They bastardised the culture, Scott. They bastardised the culture. <laughs> anyway, this shows that you're the ammo. You don't don't care about the pod. You're putting it off because you have movies to see. I'm the, I'm the true pro who really puts in. Yeah, no, I'm very impressed. You're even going to, like... So, uh, we've got an announcement to make. Uh, I will be absent for the pod for about three <laughs> weeks. I'm uh, going travelling, but... We're going to have someone. I, we're going to have Scott step up. I did not think this was going to be possible. I thought he'd rejoice with not having to do the pod, but he was worried about his paycheck, so he's decided he's going to. We're going to have a revolving group of co-hosts. We might even. This get, isn't confirmed. This but. is confirmed. I'm putting this on record, so he has to do it. See, if I didn't, he'd back out of it, and it'd all be shit. I'll likely step up into the major host role, and I'll bring in three guest co-hosts, and we'll uh, give them a train training run. And if they're better than you, Banjo, you may be losing your job. See, this is also a um, a big deal right there because he just called me the major host after we'd had a five minute argument about <laughs> who was more important to the pod. Well, you Wait. probably put in a, a little bit more effort than me. I'll give you that, but mm. I'm probably more important just because I'm better. But. <laughs> uh. Sure, Scott, sure. <laughs> All right, we're get, we getting into this, into the good segment? No, I think we should rag on our absent producers. Oh, yeah, um, fair I made a I made a Facebook post about it, and while it won't get many likes, it deserves to be mentioned. They've been poor recently. No, it's been four weeks or something. I, I think we void the title. I think we co-producers mm-hmm. now, and they have to earn it back. I've done as much production work as they have, which is zero. Yeah, but you were, to be fair, you were doing as much production work as they have while they were here as well. Yeah. yeah. We were just saying more. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, we don't really... You're, you are our producer. Let's, let, let's be honest there. There's not much of this pod that I'm not. Let's be honest. Yeah, you, you are uh, other, drastically underrepresented when we talk about all of the roles yeah, no, of the pod. Like, I'm a humble man. I give those roles out. Don't expect any in return, but I'm, I'm about, I've about had enough. I want, I want to be called the Tsar. I want to be called Caesar. I don't know. I just want to, I just want a long title. I want to sound like a Russian general. I just want to feel important, Scott. Ah, whatever, mate. Whatever. <laughs> now let's get into it. All right. So onto everyone's favourite segment: gold jacket, green jacket. The uh, line derives from Happy Gilmore, a line which is gold jacket, green jacket. Who gives a shit? And it's when we give three, two, one votes for the most meaningless games of the round. Mm. Now we're going to start with one vote. No, just just shut up. No, no, this no. every week. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that I immediately feel like it's not the best segment because I feel so shit about having to listen to that spiel. <laughs> you love it. But what you're going to love even more is one vote we're going to give to, to your team. I'm going to give it to Carlton North. I'll be honest with you fair. here. I was tossing up with Melbourne mm. and I've, I decided that there are four teams involved in those two games and there's one which is still relevant to the season and it is the Demons. So I've decided not to give it to them and to give can it to I, you guys. Can I ask you a question? How do you consider yourself more relevant than North after you lost to us a week ago? We've won more games and we're a better team. You're a better, how can you call yourself a better team when you just lost to us on your home we've, deck? We've been better for the other nine games than you have. I don't think you have. 
Mate, we are a better team than you. I think you know. Well, look, Scott, you might have six weeks, six months of being slightly ahead of us on the premiership, uh, like clock or whatever it is. But when North get Dusty and Kelly, we're going to bolt straight ahead of you. You don't now, so you're still meaningless at the moment. (laughs) Just to justify myself even more, I decided if Melbourne lost this week, I would have said our season's over. So with you being one win behind us, it makes sense that I believe your season's over. But Scott, North even got a mention on Access All Areas this week, which didn't happen when we beat Adelaide by 10 goals. So we round. So we, you guys are fighting for we, we are definitely getting more relevant. So but, I resent that. But no, this is fair. What, this what was you not an important game. game. Um, so North, I think, are quite clearly a more talented team. But, geez, Brendan Bolton did a great job in the coach's box. Um, they were getting flogged. Like, they were 45 points down in 40 minutes of football. And then they played this weird super flood where they would have two forwards and everyone else behind the ball and sort of... You know when Port did that shotgun uh, shotgun tactic in the 2015 prelim where they just send wing guard yeah, and yeah. someone else? They'd the do that with about four players. Mm-hmm. And it, that if they, what, well, it's some of what Melbourne's been doing for yeah. the year. Yeah. yeah, but like, it worked, so... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Continue. Um, not... And North just could didn't deal with it all well. If we got the clearance, we were completely outnumbered at the fall of the ball. Um, if we didn't get the clearance, and there was incredible frontal pressure from the guys rushing up from defence, so it meant that it wasn't a good clearance anyway. Um, and if we lost the clearance, we had nowhere to go because there was just Carlton players streaming forward, covering up every hole. Right. Okay, so, so so they had the two forwards and the other four forwards were coming off the, yeah. the back one. So, so Bolton's decided to copy Goodwin, is what you're saying. Yeah, he might have, <laughs> which is really going to annoy you when I do I get to our top five segment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. No, I'm not saying it's not a good tactic. Copying other coaches can be good, and yeah. I, you know, you know how highly I rate Bolton. That's true. Um, God, it was a stressful game though. I had a sore back and a headache for the rest of the night because I was just leaning forward, clenched, and just a stress headache. What, what's with you guys and your fast starts? It's crazy. Like. Quite often, it is like, weird. I think things like fast starts or like when teams say we have troubles in the third quarter mm. and stuff like that, that stuff comes in fits and spurts. Like, I don't believe that that is, it's very rare that it something like lasts. It's like 10 weeks for, of it now, though. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm finding it odd. Quite, quite often, teams have three weeks in a row and they'll talk about it mm. and then you'll find it just won't be an issue again. And no. all of a sudden, another quarter will be. Half of issue. that will be because of concentration on that problem. Yeah. But I don't know why North. Jumping out of the blocks in this way, I, I don't think we're a less fit team, so that we drop off afterwards, which would be the only rationalisation I could figure out that would make sense. Mm. It just doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah, I, like, I, I can't see us by the end of the year still saying like you're a great starting team. Your first quarters are amazing. Yeah. I think they'll they'll come a point. We're like level plus two hundred and fifty points per mm. like, over the first term of the year. Which means we're winning each first turn by 25 points on average or yeah. something. What I'm going to claim it's, is you guys know how to turn up, but then as the game goes on, you, you start to realise that you're not that great a side. That's, that's what I'm going to say. Yeah, and you, you manage ha- to get a good enough first quarter in that sometimes you're holding on. But, so you know, that's what happened right. against Melbourne when you caught up and then we just kicked away again. We played like crap, all right? Okay, it was, okay, It was Scott. a terrible performance. Okay, Scott. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Two votes. Uh, you're not happy about this. Mm. Two votes I'm going to give to Adelaide Freo. No, this is wrong. How is this wrong? Frio aren't great. It was 100 points. Yeah, but so Melbourne and Gold Coast both aren't great. 
and this was Frio going. This was a. This was as Ross Lyon, addict, like very succinctly didn't know what was happening when he was asked. It was a litmus test. It was a very important like measuring stick for Frio. They failed. It tells us a lot more about the season than Melbourne Gold Coast. See, here's... Look, firstly, Melbourne Gold Coast was a 65-point turnaround. That's more interesting than a 100-point game, which was over halfway through the first quarter. But even aside from that, I think that... I, I knew that Frio aren't a great side. So did I. But, but they've been, they've been they pulling out some very lucky wins at times. And I, I never thought that they'd be competitive against Adelaide. What Adelaide. they and were. you didn't. And most experts wouldn't have thought they would have been. <laughs> Are we experts, Scott? No, I'm saying outside <laughs> of us. Outside of the plebs, the, the people who know something wouldn't have thought. No. <laughs> um, but they were fifth. Like, that... That is important to factor in. They had a shocking percentage, I get that. But they were the anti-North, is what they were. They'd won the three close games they'd been in. They were what North would have been if we'd won those close games. <laughs> yeah, like, they, like, they didn't deserve to be us. They didn't deserve to be you, probably. They didn't deserve to be Richmond. Like, no, they... No. They confirmed what they, we already knew about. They did deserve life. to beat Richmond. Richmond would have stolen that game if they won. They did deserve to beat Richmond. They led all day, and Richmond decided to play football for five minutes. Yeah, okay, okay, fair enough. I'll defend them there. Yeah, fair enough. But still, they are not a great sign. This is only confirmed what I already knew about them. What's Um, your second favourite team again? I forget. Because you're not very... Look, I love them. I just don't (laughs) rate them at the moment. I still hope they're really good. Um, and then, but look, it's it's good. It's good news. Just quickly, it's it's good news from from Adelaide as well. They had, they had a f- couple yeah, of bad weeks, and then yeah, they they do Although, seem to be back to what we knew they were. Just are, powerful. Are they flat track boys? <laughs> They're not. But no. like, they have not beaten anyone good. Yeah, and then when in they the, in well, well, when they weeks. play good sides like North Melbourne and Melbourne, they they struggle a bit. They're only being winning on flat tracks against <laughs> against the poor athletes against GWS <laughs> <Yeah>. and uh, <laughs> when they were healthy. Yeah, exactly. But um, um, no, they're really really good. But moving on, three votes we're going to give. I think it's a pretty obvious one. We're going to give to Collingwood Brisbane. So to those teams, we say. All I can really say about this game... God, I is, nailed that. Yeah, yeah see, you, you, are, you are the producer. I'm so much better than as a producer. All I can really say about this game... Like, there is a little bit of thought. Should Collingwood have beaten them by even more? 45 points. Brisbane are clearly... They're probably the only team which you're going to... Basically, pen in there's, victory. Against. Yeah, there's only one easy win, and it's yeah. against Brisbane. Yeah. Um, but then again, they did... What was it? It was like 19-21 to... I don't know what it was, but they probably should have won by a lot more. Yeah, this was not a close game in any aspect other than the scoreboard. And that sounds stupid, but it's true. Um, Buckley said afterwards he's worried their goal kicker will cost them a final spot. I hate to break it to him. I don't think a final spot's there for you to lose, but... That is true. But he could have said it's cost them by this point. If they'd kick straight to this point. But I still think, most games I've seen them play, they haven't missed that many easy shots. They've missed a lot of shots from 40 out on the yeah, boundary. Yeah, we are big on this. Often your goal kicking is a symptom of your game plan and the difficulty of shots that it generates. Hmm. Buckley doesn't generate easy doesn't generate easy goals, which I, in my mind is the mark of a good coach. I mean, it's not necessarily that. Like... It, it, all, all I'm saying really is you, you can look at stats that say a team's kicked 15-20 or something. Mm. 
And you need to actually look at the game to decide whether they did just kick poorly and they had a bad day of kicking. Yeah. Or you can actually look at the game and see they actually had a lot of shots from a far away. And I think from what I've seen this year from Collingwood, mm. they have missed a lot of shots, which you, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't necessarily yeah. get. Like, you'd, you'd hope to get them, and AFL players perhaps should, but you shouldn't rely on kicking a lot of the goals they've missed. So he doesn't have... That's not too big an excuse for him as a coach. Anyway, let's wrap it up. We've decided yep. we're going to be quicker about Gold Jack yep. Green. Moving on to the good games. we're going to stick to our word. Geelong, Port, cracker game. I really like Thursday night football. I want it. I love I like it. it. I mean, interestingly enough... It's an early weekend. I get that Geelong are really excited about having the, the new stand and all that. Mm. Three weeks in a row, Friday night, Thursday night, Thursday night. They've got another Thursday night game. Yeah, it doesn't That's make nuts. sense. Why don't you spread it out across the season? Geelong aren't a exciting enough side to really warrant that. Like, to be honest, I don't like anyone getting that kind of run in the spotlight. I think that even if you were them, I think I'd prefer mm. to have one at the start of the year, one in the middle, and one towards the end. Yeah, I agree. It's weird. Like, they're just blowing their load way too early on the marketing standpoint, aren't they? Like, they'd much. Better off spreading so. out their time in the sun. I think so. But hit it with a bang. But either way, look, two bloody good wins from Geelong. Like, awesome wins oh, yeah. from Geelong. I think what we'll find, I can see the media and everyone else getting a little bit overexcited. Carried about, away. About Geelong. I mean, there's a difference between... Like, when I've watched these games from Geelong, i felt like this is an inspired team coming off a poor performance mm. with a couple of... Big nights on their home ground, playing out of their skins. To be fair, I think they're better than the Bulldogs. I I, I think the Bulldogs. That's all they've got is inspiration. I no, don't I, think they've no, got I, much more than that. And I, I don't think know. Geelong but, matching them in that is a real achievement. And I think they were like quite clearly the better side in that game. They were quite clearly the better side in this. They game. were. They deserve to win both um, games. And if Port had have stolen it, it would have been to due to Geelong's like. Yeah. Well, as much as we just said it in accuracy. I, 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 I agree with that. They're both bloody good wins. Mm. But there are some times in which I watch a team, I say I'm really impressed with them in the sense that they have a structure and they have a way they go forward and all of that, which is like in their resting state, you're kind of like, yeah. they're really impressive and they will that's sustainable mm. and they'll win most games just playing okay. Well, these last two weeks I've watched Geelong and thought they're playing extreme inspired footy and probably playing above themselves so although they're great wins if I was a Geelong supporter yeah. I'd be absolutely buzzing about them I don't think this is necessarily a sign, a sign that they're a sustainable premiership side no but we did just see last year that you don't need to be sustainable you need four weeks in a row yeah true so I, like, I wouldn't hold that against them too much especially now that they've banked seven wins they're pretty much they're a shoe in for top eight and I think quite likely for top four with the amount of wins they're getting. Port are really starting to... Like, they haven't played a bad game, but the losses are starting to mount up to a point where it's going to be hard. Port have... They are, they'd have to be the stiffest team to this point of the year. That, By a mile. If you, look, if you look at their 10 games as a whole, they've been one of the more impressive sides around, I think. And they're they've, the only team to not play a bad game, really, aren't yeah. they? And like this, they did deserve to lose this game, but they were still bloody close. And Geelong are always going to be hard in Geelong. Yeah, and like the Charlie D- Dixon... Well, yeah, it's one of the toppest road trips. It is, in the league, absolutely. Especially is. for an interstate side. And they nearly and got there. Charlie Dixon, 
uh, decision cost them. Like it was the right decision, but it did cost them. It was the right decision. The thing is, is I've I've definitely seen the clock hit zero before and they haven't bothered. I don't look at the clock, so I <laughs> I've seen that happen before. So it was surprising, but it is the correct decision. You can't argue either way. Yeah, like, I, way. I think I can see Geelong getting to a preliminary final fairly commonly in how I see the season play. They did last year, and in the end, but we I, still thought they were a fair bit. Yeah, of but I can't see them winning the grand final at this point. Yeah, or I agree even really making it, unless the fixture falls their way. I agree with you. I, I've been waiting to see something from Geelong which shows that they... I, like, I've just I've always seen them as a very vanilla sort of team. Like Nothing oh, really excites me. And I've been waiting that. to see something. I thought there were a couple of weeks there where I saw a bit more run. And when like Parsons was but, doing stuff and Cockatoo was in the side yeah. and playing a bit above himself. Yep. They and, just don't have enough players that make you go... Motlop had a couple of really good weeks. Your, which is mm. Yeah, they don't yeah, they don't have sexy players outside of Dangerfield, really. And I said the last two weeks, I've still thought they've got a lot out of their good players. I haven't seen anything to show that they've really changed. I've just seen them. Play Scott some Selwood's been a massive in for them in terms of effort because he's consistently yeah. he consistently puts in a massive effort, which was one of their bigger issues was consistency of effort because they didn't like they shouldn't lose to the Gold Coast. They they shouldn't happen. That's a ridiculous loss for a team as good as Geelong. And I think Selwood in the side makes them a much more even consistent team, consistent especially side. in the yeah. midfield. Yeah. And there's a hardness there that wasn't there. It but is important. I, I I would like to see more consistent spark from them, is, is, is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's kind of an oxymoron, <laughs> consistent spark, but I, I get what no, you're saying. That, you know, you know, no. The fire you know in the I'm belly mean. needs to be it's, there It's just, often. I don't know. You're what, mm. Even when the Bulldogs aren't playing their best game, there's always a spark there, and it's always exciting. GWS is always exciting. Adelaide always. Yeah. Geelong, I've seen it once or twice over the last two years, really. Apart from Dangerfield. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Moving on. Yep. Moving on. Uh, Hawthorne defeated Sydney by six points. We got a lot of thoughts on this one, Scott. No, I or just... are we going to confess that your uh, girlfriend's twenty-third birthday? 22nd, 23rd, 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 Took yeah. priority. It and did. we went uh, to sing karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> we were singing karaoke at the time. We did manage to I flick won. on to watch the last minute. Did we? Uh, yeah, well, I did. In I waiting did. in line. <laughs> um, I'm super offended you didn't, like, tap me on the shoulder. Were you there? I think I think I did. I don't know. It's not It's not important. Talking about it football. It is important. I'm super offended. Are you going to admit... Hawthorne are the worst side of the side. Thank you. Hawthorne are all right. <laughs> No, they're not all right. They're it's, all they're right. They're a bad side. They're like the they're, fourth, an o- they're like the fourth or fifth worst side in the league. But they're all, they're okay. Pardon? They're all right. No, they're not. <laughs> they're passable. They're not. There's a lot of mediocre sides in this competition. They're not one of them. They're under mediocre. I reckon marginally under. That is an effort. Based they're around. Teams. I think they're around a tenth or twelfth team. No, they're a bucket load worse than that. They're like a fourteenth, thirteenth, fifteenth side. They're not that bad. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they just—they're not. This will be an ongoing argument, and we're not really going anywhere no, with it yeah. at the moment. Going, they're all right, and they're not. <laughs> it's not really constructive. <laughs> what I've heard coming out of this game, without having watched it, <laughs> was uh, Hawthorne monopolising the footy as they've done for for five years. Did you and watch Exodus or Larry? I did, and I also <laughs> heard Gary Lyons say the exact same thing on SEN. Um, but he was comparing. Can I point out to, that Gary Lyons on Exodus or Larry? So he. She said the same point Yeah, twice. no, that's, that's, that's okay. what I'm saying. <laughs> no, that was my point. He said the exact same thing twice on two different uh, mediums. outlets. Mediums, good word. Um, 
He was talking about it as if Clarkson went to town doing research on mm. what Collingwood did against Sydney. I think it was just Hawthorne being Hawthorne, and Sydney just let them do what they wanted. Also, to. Collingwood won by a point. That's not really a Collingwood have lost games by more than uh, not Collingwood. Sydney have lost games by more than that. Surely those are the tactics. You're the other at. thing, what I recall from the Collingwood game was. They did that for the first quarter. Sydney basically didn't touch the mm. ball in the first quarter. And they were still only up by a couple of goals a quarter time. Like They just didn't yeah. seem to capitalise. So I think it was just Hawthorne being Hawthorne. And Sydney allowed them to do it. Bit of the old game plan. Yeah, we do have to give some props to uh, Ryan Burden. Uh, he's starting to get some love for the rising star. He's a good player. Yeah. And you know what's super annoying? North trade of the pick for <laughs> Did Jed Anderson? Did you? I, I heard from a North supporter last year that he's an absolute jet, and we're going to be frothing over him for a cup. Did I say North? Yeah, yeah, Hawthorne supporter. I was like, what North supporter do you know other is, than me? <laughs> there aren't any other ones. Um, yeah, he's going to be well, an absolute jet. We're we'll frothing really over him uh, for a while, and he yeah seems, seems to be going all right. He was a super talented kid. He broke his leg in his under eighteen season, which is why he slipped in the draft. Yeah. But like he was and he, the top five pick. He had quite a few injuries at Hawthorne to begin as well, didn't he? Yeah, he did early on. I think he was still. Yeah. I think it was more still recovering from his broken leg. Yeah, um, okay. But he just seems like a jet. He yeah. reads the play so well. The question will be: Can he move into the midfield? Because a halfback flank's never a game changer. Well, like they're becoming more of one, but it's still more important to be a midfielder and. Hawthorne don't have any sustainable yeah. midfields going forward yeah. outside of Tom Mitchell, um, who is just going to be the rock and of their midfield for ages. But credit to him, he's probably going to mm-hmm. win the Rising Star. Um, That's a big call around 10 rounds in. But well, it's him or Marchbank. Who probably, else is going to yeah. win? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't gone to town on it, but saying probably 10 rounds in, it is a strong call. Uh, from Sydney's perspective... Okay, assuming no injuries, Scott... Whatever. From Sydney's perspective, um, is this like enough to be season end? Yeah, no, 100%. Like they have no margin for error. The season's now. done. They're not going to make we, we I was suggesting there was still a small possibility yeah. last week. Um, but that, uh, that's on the assumption that like they get on such a run uh, where I, they're so consistently dominant and you cannot lose games like this. I, I thought they had, which was why I was... Like, I, I ruled them out really early in the year. Yeah. And I, I, I did a bit of a backflip, and I was like, yeah, if they're playing this quality football, they probably can make finals. But losing games to Hawthorne, who even you said they're at best they're probably like a 10th Yeah, side, yeah, you can't. You, you can't lose there's, that There's game. not that margin for error no. in Sydney, no. And if that had snuck over the line, I would have been worried, but been like, they still won the game, it's okay. But losing it, it's the death knell on their finals hopes. Yeah. And to let, yeah, as people have talked about, to let Hawthorne get as much uncontested ball as they could. Like, there comes a point in which, like, I know footy's about zones now and you don't man up, mm. but sometimes Push you do just have higher. to be, you do yes. have to be simple. Um, if you, if you make a contest mm. out of it, and even, for, even if you do it for a quarter, half a quarter, you just man up and just play man on man. But you don't that, even... That can, can, that can slowly get you back in the game and then you can start playing but the you way can you see, you can see your zone behind the ball and then have a frontal man on man line up so you can, can't... So they have to go down the line. Take out all the switch options. Just bottle them up and force them where you want to go. But not doing anything at all is just ridiculous. But the, the thing with the zone, it, it requires firstly that 
you have a perfect setup. And secondly, that there's a lot of pressure around the ball. Because the idea of the zone, like someone will be under a lot mm. of pressure, they'll look up, they'll think they see someone free, and then there'll be other players sweeping across to intercept yeah. from the other team. Where if, if there's no pressure there at all, or your zone's slightly off, it can make you look pretty silly. Mm. And I think that's what was happening, and something's needed to change at some point, and, and it didn't. No. And that's a, that's a big loss. Well, it did enough to get them back in the game. It didn't enough to get them over line. Yeah. But anyway, let's big move loss. on. Do you want to talk about your game? You won by 35 points. What are your thoughts? Are we not going Western Bulldogs and Kilda? Yeah, no, that's my bad. I misread the agenda. <laughs> Western Bulldogs and Kilda. I have a fair few thoughts on this. St. Kilda mm-hmm. were a rabble. Their game plan sucked. They tried to move the ball way too slowly when they were on top. Early on, physically, they were completely destroying mm. the Bulldogs in the contest. Their pressure was out of this world. They looked like they'd showed up, and because they decided to chip the ball around, they got absolutely nothing out of it. I don't think I've ever seen that from St Kilda. No, it was a terrible tactic, because I I think it was a reaction to everybody saying they moved the ball too quickly and they can get burnt the other way. I I think it was really reactionary. It was a stupid tactic. It just didn't work at all. And then, defensively, they were abysmal in the second half against the Dogs. The Dogs would have four-on-one contests in in the goal square. Well, how does that happen? That's just... Unbelievably bad. A large part of it was because they moved Carlisle forward and they don't have anyone with any brains in their back line outside of him. I did not realise he was that important to them until today. Yeah. But they, even when he went back, there was awful. I just can't... I just can't see any logic in the thought that they would say, let's start moving the ball slowly. No. But that is their biggest strength, and I just cannot their imagine that forwards, they would be... Uh, uh, surely that was just a bad day, or where the, the dog's pressure was good enough to just put them off their game. They'd be on their half-forward flank, kick it straight backwards. That's, that's a tactic. I, I've, <laughs> I've never seen anything like that from them. It's, it's ridiculous. It was a complete about-face. They had, they're not equipped to play that way, because their key forwards aren't contested marking forwards. Membry's not big enough to do that. Paddy McCartan can't take a mark in front of goal because he's too nervous. Like and Rewalt's out. They don't have contested marking key forwards, and they tried to move the ball slowly. Yeah, which means you, you need, have to move it. Quickly yeah, exactly. In order you, to, to get you, space for you your forwards to move. You need to hit players into. on the lead if that's the case, and to hit players on the lead, you need to be moving the ball quickly so that there's space complete, for them to lead into. Exactly, yeah. it's completely counterproductive. I, I, I just it was the worst coaching performance of the year. I, was, I, I personally think Richardson's quite a good coach from what I've seen, but <laughs> that, uh, that, that is pretty yeah pretty uh, critical. Yeah, and. Yeah, I'm pretty impressed with myself for that analysis. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough, mate. Uh, doggies, they they seem to have kind of given up on having a tall forward line. <laughs> like yeah. Last year it worked for them, Abbott Smalls. Um, and, well, I, I, they like, won a flag yeah, without any I, dogs. I know, but it, I wouldn't say the forward line worked. It just wasn't the liability. See, the thing is, a small forward line can work when your midfield is dominant. When your yeah. midfield is on top, and because what you were just talking about, yeah. if you move the ball quickly enough... You will have an open forward line. If you have talented small forwards, you look awesome and you're unstoppable. But the problem is, is if the other team's on top a bit, if their pressure's good, they force you to move the ball slowly, then you have just have no get-out option. Mm. And if you're bombing the ball in long to a contested forward line with no tools, you'll start to be laughing at Stringer, as we did a couple of times last year, where he's just got no hope against mm. three. So uh, that's why you want to have a balanced forward line with a couple of tools. Mm. Plus having those good smalls at their face. Stringer was so good, though. God, he was good. Like that, that made me look at him and go, huh, BT might be right. <laughs> could, well, could that be a turnaround game for him? Like, he has the talent. Yeah, to be honest, 
if he plays like that, and he did, to be honest, he should have kicked six because Bondapelli burned him something shocking in an open goal. He was going to okay. get an eddy, and Bondapelli <laughs> decided to banana it from 40 out. Did he but, kick it? No, he missed it. <laughs> the bond. Stringer cracked the shit. So <laughs> yeah, he would. I can imagine. <laughs> um, but he was really dynamic, and he wasn't just dominant in front of goal. He was pushing up the ground, winning everyone on one contest that came near him. When Dustin Martin plays forward, they like to isolate him and really give him space to work because they know while he's not the greatest overhead mark, he's too strong around the ground to for anyone to go with him. I think that's how they have to play uh, Stringer. They have to yeah. really... Pagan's paddock type stuff. They have to really give him room to operate because no one his size can then go with him on the ground. He's just... He's an athletic but, freak. But the thing is, if, if you're going into games with the expectation of Stringer being your number one forward, mm. other teams are going to know that. And oh, they're going to make sure that they flood him. The thing is, it'll yeah. work if he's in the midfield for a bit. And then, like, as with Martin... Exactly, it works because it's forward. a change-up. Exactly. But, yeah, no, they need Which Redpath what happened last or Cloak year. in the team. They, well, why, why did Redpath get dropped one game yeah, Redpath after? Redpath was playing bloody well. <laughs> I thought he was making them look a lot better. I, I, they need someone to straighten them up. Roughhead, I... Roughhead's fine, but he's not good. No, he's not good. Uh, he's, he's completely overvalued by the media. When they just need down-the-line options. They need the ability to say, we don't have a win here, let's take a 50-50. We're not completely dominating. Yeah. Let's make a contest of it. Let's, exactly. let's turn this into a contest, yeah. Well, they need to be able to like tactically reset by having a guy you know is going to bring the ball to ground, and then from there you can bring the pressure to either get the ball going forward your way or cause a ball up and they just don't have that yeah. it's really damaging for their ball movement this yeah this 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 will work potentially often with how good the dogs midfield is mm. but it will not always work and it'll hurt them at times absolutely and the dogs if they'd played Geelong last year probably would have lost that game because for whatever reason Geelong's midfield gets on top of them they don't don't have mm. an answer to being beaten in the midfield. Yeah. It requires them to play some pretty special footy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but let's move on again. Now, now we're going on to the days. Look, I'll be honest with you here. Halfway through the third quarter, I did say our season is over. <laughs> I did make the call. Um, and I also was only able to watch it until the point at <laughs> which the game... This is my favourite part of the story. Yeah, as I, far as your day was concerned, you'd been absolutely thumped. I, I, saw, I saw the goal that put them five goals in front, and then I, I had other commitments, and I couldn't watch the rest of it. Did not see any That's of the That's unlike stuff. you, not watching it, even with commitments. It, no, it, That's two it games was my girlfriend's year. birthday family did. I, I couldn't... Sit there watching the footy. So that's a good enough excuse. Your mum's 60th is a good enough excuse. Your commitment is shit, Scott. Nah, mate. (laughs) All right. (laughs) But I did watch... I did watch... Because you know I'm right. I did watch the replay, though. I've gone back and watched the replay. Like a true true, uh, diehard should. The the main thing which I thought out of this game is I'm I'm really happy for Goodwin. Because... Watching the game early, the thing which I'm loving as a Melbourne supporter at the moment, and it was Landerus as well, there is a time where you can tell that the coach has a clear idea of the way they want the game played. Mm. And you can see the players are trying to put it into action. And sometimes it, it doesn't work. But you can see that they're trying. And even in the first half, you could tell there was a big wind advantage going against us in the first quarter. Mm. And we had the win in the second. You could tell there was a notable shift in the way we were playing. Yeah. Early on, our ball movement was slow. We were trying to hold on to the ball, hopefully basically running out the quarter to an extent, and then just moving it forward. So the second quarter, we just went to town. 
Like, it was just playing on from everything, giving off handballs, just pressing up like crazy. And we were actually playing all right in you some ways. You just let them get goals out the back. Well, we were missing our chances, mm-hmm. and then we were get, and then they managed to rebound and kick it out of the back. The thing is, Goodwin might have thought, if we get the weight of entries that we were getting in the second quarter with mm-hmm. the wind, we'd back ourselves to kick six to eight goals in that quarter. And then if Gold Coast managed to get a couple of easy ones... So what? But the thing yeah. is, if you miss three and then they get a goal out the back, you're dead. Um, but I was stoked by the fact that he didn't sort of shit the bed after halftime. And that we like... How very un-Melbourne of yeah, we, we And like, I'm not used to seeing us turn things around. That's why I said our season's over. It doesn't happen often. <laughs> but um, we were able to turn it around. And interestingly enough, I so having not watched it, I read a few things on it, and they were talking about Nathan Jones lifted Melbourne, and they turned the game around. I thought, we must must have played some inspired footy, like just contested ball. Nathan Jones played inspired footy. I thought Nathan Jones inspired us by just using the ball well. I thought that the, the, the main Which thing... Which is a big thing for him, because he can... No, no, he's, he can my, butcher so it my, my grandfather is a Melbourne supporter, Yeah, and we came away from the game last week, and he just goes, Nathan Jones is the worst kick in our team. He, that, so no, that's wrong. He makes some mistakes, but like he has a very, very impressive spear pass, and he can hit a beautiful kick. And most of the time, he does. Mm. I think we have high expectations of Jones because we've actually seen him play consistent footy for ten years. So I guess Unlike the point. Any other Melbourne player, like, <laughs> exactly. He plays like a good game. We're just like, oh yeah, forget about Jones, and then he'll play a disappointing one, and we'll be like, what the hell was with Jones? Like we, we just expect a lot from him compared to other players. Um, but I, yeah, I thought he just lifted us, which is using the ball really well like he just he speared a few good passes into players on the, on the lead again mm. we had a small forward line and because we got on top in the midfield Garland it deserves worked. a real mention here. yeah he was so good he has been good all year except for last week when Marley Williams shat on him yeah well he didn't get much entry and he didn't have any tools Marley bringing Williams it, bringing it to their he should feet. be in the All-Australian 40 if it was picked right now I don't care about Marley Williams but he shat on Jeffy yeah, the, the stat I'm reading a few stats recently that show he's the best small forward in the league. The, the stuff best. in his pressure, yeah, there's been some champion data stats that have come out, which about, they, like, they really rate pressure acts yeah. and stuff like that. And um, it's been, yeah, Jeff's been coming out on top. But like, he's had a terrific year. Like, he's had an awesome year. Um, yeah. After a disappointing one last year. It's all confidence. One of those weird things where it's, when a, um, once you start pressuring, you start getting in the contest, goals do come your way. And it's weird how that happens. And we're definitely seeing it, seeing it with Jeff. Because last year his pressure was off. Yeah, and there were other issues with him last year. He sort of got in his own head a little bit with um, a few... Like, that act where he squibbed it I yeah. really messed with him. And he's... Look, he is soft. He's not a tough footballer. But no. what he gives to us is incredibly important. No, you don't have anyone else like it. Like, Dean Kent's probably your closest facsimile. And he just doesn't tackle. No. He doesn't. He's a bit dopey on the defense. That, that's team. why he's been dropped. He doesn't tackle. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on the Gold Coast? Ah, uh, they'd be pretty bloody good. <laughs> Rocket was very, very frustrated on the day. It all turned when he went and got a massage. He got a massage before the game. <laughs> was that before the yeah, game? Yeah, that was pre-game, yeah. Oh, I thought it was in the yeah, middle. Yeah, pe- people thought that. Oh. <laughs> that would have that been funny. No, That's it was, such a disappointment. It was pre-game, but he was cracking it anyway. Um, his press conference was pretty funny. I haven't seen it. Is <laughs> it was, worth watching? Uh, he was just... You could just see in his face how frustrated he was. Well, he probably realised he's going to get sacked. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. They didn't have Gaz, keep that in mind. No, who decided to go to the Geelong 2007 Premiership reunion. 
Whatever. Um, Barely poor performance. <laughs> whatever. But, Shoulder um, injury. No. Mm. <laughs> Shut up. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Go, look, Gold Coast aren't great. It was... I, in some way, it felt like a slightly better version of the Melbourne SM game earlier this year, which was like, first half was one of the worst halves of footy I've ever seen, and then we lifted into being like mediocre and Eston say terrible. This was like pretty poor for a half, and then we lifted to good and Gold Coast stayed really poor. So... <laughs> Good analogy. <laughs> Let's move on. Speaking of Essendon, Richmond defeated Essendon by 15 points. Bugger, we were so close to the four peak. Yeah, I was. I was a bit. I've said to you, I was a bit torn in the last quarter. When Essendon were within a goal with 10 minutes to go, I was like, I know how this ends. I like. I really, really don't like Essendon at the moment. No, like, they they really annoy me, and like I really didn't want them to win. For but when what, it was close, for what cheap. reasons are they annoying you? Their supporters are unbearable. Yeah. And also the fact that... Everyone's forgotten they're a drug-cheating team. Yes. Yeah. And and the fact that it weren't meant to think of it as a good story. Yeah, no, that gives me the shit. Yeah, that's killing me. The but, comeback story, fucking bullshit. Yeah. But I did think, geez, it would be funny if, if, <laughs> if Richmond lost in another close one. Yeah, like your heart is torn there. Because do you want to laugh or do you want to cry? That's, that's what you've got. You cry when Richmond win because it could have been so much better. But if they lose... It's funny. It's definitely funny. Um, I don't know what to think about Richmond. I, that, I think they're pretty good without being great. If you look at their 10 rounds as a whole... Seventh or sixth in my mind. If you look at those 10 rounds, like they've been... They've had one bad week. Yeah, they've been really, really good. Like, they could mm. have lost one game, potentially. Like, they've been awesome. But Yeah, in an I, alternate reality, which we keep talking about... Uh, when Melbourne and North will be great. Yeah, when we're both on top of the ladder. Richmond, in that old same alternate reality, are on top of the ladder. Yeah. Like, nine <laughs> It's Melbourne, Richmond, North, sitting one, seven, three. Yeah. Well, not quite. But, <laughs> North would be but, um, in my alternate reality, at least. <laughs> um, I just never... Despite that, I just... Don't get impressed watching Richmond play. Like I thought the things that Essendon did well looked better than when what Richmond did well. Richmond were just on top in I think contest. so much of that is that you look at it and Dusty does something well. Or Rewalt does something well. Yeah. It very rarely feels like the team's done something well. They're very reliant on a couple of players. And they're really good players and they're consistent in their output, but... I don't know. There's so many guys in that side. You just go, eh, at, and that's what holds them back. Their bottom six has been the issue, and it's a better bottom six than it was last year, but it's not a good bottom six. And yeah. their middle tier is huge. Like, what happened to Dion Prestia? He's been average this He year. has been average They gave this up year. pick six thought, for him. Yeah, you know how I've really rated him. I know, because you he thought he was coming to Melbourne, so you followed him closely. <laughs> I thought he was good anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, it's going to be me post Josh Kelly, not coming at all. <laughs> <laughs> good to see you realise that that is actually a possible reality. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> but I... I, the most impressive thing about Richmond is they—I I believe they're playing simple, direct footy. But I feel like that relies a lot on them winning the contested ball. If you're going mm. long regularly, often there will be a contest, and you need to be winning those contests. Yeah. If you're behind in that, it can start to look really, really bad. Which um, you and did against and like so far this year, you can't question them because they actually have been consistent. Mm. But 
I just I just don't see them as being special or having a special way of playing. Football. Yeah, and the thing is, like, they don't have the key forwards for that to be sustainable in my mind. Rewalt, great. He is great. Undeniably a great player. But Todd Elton kicked their first goal out of a second key forward, according to Richo. Mm. That's ridiculous. It was the 10th game of the season. That's .1 goals that is second key forward a game. Yep. That is undeniably crap. Like They do have good smells. That's that's the one thing which has come out of nowhere with them. Yeah. With, with, with Rioli, like... Yeah, Rioli playing really well. Guys like Butler didn't Butler. play this week, but he, you know, he's been, he's, he's been good enough. They, they do a lot One of pace player I do one. really like is Short. Okay. And I know there's the controversial decision with the deliberate, which was a load of shit. That's a terrible d- decision. Or do you disagree? Oh, no, I'm, I'm not particularly passionate about it. I am passionate I'm, I'm about not. it. They gave players nine metres of safety. Why the hell... Can't they have nine metres as a defender? It's ridiculous. Every single rule goes against the defender. Goals do not equal entertainment. Especially goals where Josh Green pops it over the guy on the mark's head because there's been a stupid umpire. That's not good football. As, you know, they're trying to encourage keeping the ball in play, and it was possible there for him to pick the ball up and handle it. No, I, I actually... I don't think it's possible like he took for the easy at option that speed. Out, and that, that's what they're trying to get rid of. But at that speed, for him to pick the ball up and... Oh, he could have done it. You've seen players do that before. He could have done it. But he I took the think... easy option and he got punished for it. I... And I think that's shit. Why on earth can't you have I think the rules... Option? I just think... I think the rules serving a good purpose. And I can in that situation, I can see why you don't want to have it so players can just knock it through all the time. That's I don't like saying. that decision. I think it's awful. Anyway, I don't think it's. I really like Jaden Short. He offers them run off the halfback flank. He's a decent defender. He's one of those players where you go, he might be good enough to play in your Premiership side with you. And he's not, not saying that a, a lot about Richmond players. No, anyway. not as a star, <laughs> but as a yeah. secondary player. He's play good enough to be that yeah. secondary player. Yeah. And they need that. Brandon, he, Brandon Ellis actually played all right. He oh, actually he, did he was, just chip it sideways. He was really good. I, I haven't heard much of him this year, so no, I he, assume he's been crap. He's moved to defence and been awful. And then he played one good game. It was quite funny. Yeah, um, he'll go back to being crap. Can we talk about game. Joe Danaher? I'm sick of hearing him like he's a second coming. He's good. He's not great. His stats, no, like, his stats show up great. And when I saw him as a junior... I was blown away. I'm blown away that you saw him as a junior. Why did you go see him as a junior? Because it was the same year that there were four Kerry boys being drafted, and I went to watch them. And I remember all I came away with was, my God, Joe Danner is going to be good. <laughs> and I think he is bloody good. If he, if he could kick straight, mate, he would be but unbelievable. But kicking straight is like half his job. Yeah, but if that, if that clicks at one point, which it can, because he is a good field kick. And mm. I know it's been an issue with Cloak for his entire year, but it's possible that that can But click. he got better. Yeah, but so he did like, get better. Exactly. Maybe. It could happen, and he could be incredible. I, I believe that's I'm possible. just sick of hearing him like he's arrived. He's not. He's still a developing Yeah, player. yeah, he is he's still He's not that far ahead of other young key forwards. So stop acting like it. Yeah. No, I've got And you. I'm going to get to Jeremy Cameron, because I want to talk about Jeremy Cameron. But let's move on. Uh, no, we're moving on to Gold Coast. GWS West Coast, actually. Yeah, so, so let's talk about Jeremy Cameron. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Jeremy Cameron? Right? Oh, we've been harsh on him. He's really good. <laughs> really... <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to go with that. I like Jeremy Cameron, because you're I... in a grumpy mood about... No, well, I'm in a grumpy mood, because he's a lot better than Danaher. <laughs> yeah, he is, but we know that. 
You wouldn't know that if you read the media. But the way people were talking about Danaher now, they were talking about Cameron a couple of years ago. So yeah, we're now used to that expectation. When Cameron was like two years younger than Danaher is now. They're like the same age. Cameron's so much better. Yeah, he's he is. fantastic. He, he is, started think, actually playing like a key forward and not just a big small forward. The thing is, Danaher saying he's good now is surprising news. Where I think if you actually went and asked the people who were talking about Danaher who's better, Cameron or Danaher, I think most of them would say Cameron. I agree, but it's also surprising that Cameron's pulled the finger out because it's rare to see someone pull the finger out. Cameron had been lair rising around, he wasting his talent, and now he's a, he's probably the best key forward of the comp on the last ten rounds. Yeah, he probably is, really. Like, he's played better than everybody. He's more yeah. dangerous than everybody. He is Franklin-like, unlike Joe Danaher, who's a giraffe. <laughs> They're both good, but yeah, Cameron is better. Cameron is better. But anyway, <laughs> speaking about the team, Did I say what the margin was? Because I like to put that in my flow. No, well, go God, for GWS beat West Coast by eight points. <laughs> um, my God, this is a good win from GWS. This is the best win of the it had, look, anybody. It's better than you beating Adelaide. It's better than North beating Adelaide. It's better than anyone beating anyone. This is the best win of the year. They had 26 players to choose from against a pseudo-contender away in the hardest, second-hardest road trip. I agree with you. There is no other... T- every other team, if they had the sort of injuries... Lose by 100 had, points. Yeah, they wouldn't even be competitive, no. let alone winning the game. They played their VFL side or NEFL side. No other team can do that and play not like a NEFL side. It has, it, it has to be said now, they will win the Premiership. It'll, yes. it'll still happen, I'm certain. And unless these injuries that they have become you know, one of those injuries which just last forever. And Adelaide would beat this team, but they're not gonna, I don't think they're going to beat the team that shows up on Grand Final Day. I, if you step back half of the players good. they have back now, that will win the Premiership. Oh, they're just so talented and they're playing guys that are... Sam Reid retired and came back and he's still... Good enough. Like, yeah. they've, they're playing a guy in his second career. No one else does that. He's a playing coach. No one else plays their coach. It's ridiculous what they can do. Yeah. It, they, they, he doesn't even need to be good because he can be a coach on the ground, and that's what they need more than a good player right now. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're going to win it. They're oh, really, really They're good. just so good. How good is Toby Green? I love right. Josh Kelly. That's well established. Gary Lyon was probably not wrong when he said Toby Ooh. Green was better. He's a better player. Who would you take if you had the option? Like, because I'm set on Josh Kelly, Josh Kelly. I'd take Josh Kelly. But Toby Green's so good. Oh, he is. He is the best small forward in the competition. <laughs> he won in that game. He's unbelievable. He does things no one else in the league can do. He's so good overhead for his size. He's so good on the ground for his side. He's so creative for his size. He's much better at... Um, Creating for others than Eddie Betts when talking about best small forwards. He's unbelievable. He racks the ball up so much more. Garlett may be a nose ahead of him at the moment, but. <laughs> That's worse than when I'd bring up Lindsay Thomas like, in this discussion. <laughs> yeah, no, he's good. <laughs> oh, Toby Green is a good football player. I just love him. And he's a thug, which is great because I like GWS. If he played for Essendon, I'd hate him. But he plays for a team I like. West Coast are turning into my most hated team. I mean, North are, but West Coast are too far because they just piss me off. You can't say turning into when no one's ever going to beat North. Yeah, okay. They're turning into my <laughs> second most hated team. God, they annoy me. They just annoy the hell out of me. I'm sick of them. They're inconsistent. I don't know what they're doing. I would hate to be coaching them. No, when we had this discussion earlier, 
Simpson's a great coach that marks the flaws in their list. I'm and so, occasionally yeah. they rear their ugly head. The, like, this is not Simpson's yeah. fault. They don't have anything particularly special about them anymore. McGovern's not playing well. Darling is not a good second key forward anymore, and I don't know why. Kennedy's going to have to be a good first key forward. Kennedy's Kennedy not out. big enough to be a one-man band down there. He's great, but he's he not great. big enough to take four defenders on at once, which mm-hmm. you can do now because they don't have anyone else. Lacroix was playing great early in the year, but if he's not playing great, they don't have any good small forwards because Cripps isn't quite enough. Josh Hill isn't quite Cripps enough. Isn't great. Cripps is a very average Cripps player. is fine, and when the team's playing well, he's, he looks fine. But he's not enough to rely on. Mm-hmm. There's just... And Sam Mitchell at 40 years old isn't enough to rely on. Luke Shuey is, and Gaff is on the wing, but that's not enough. Yeah, and Prittis has been nothing compared to what he is. Prittis, Prittis is a shadow of his former self. Yep. Yo has been good, which has been great, but he's practically taken over uh, McGovern's role, who's just floating around like a fairy. He's not doing anything. <laughs> We're together on this. They have a great coach and they don't have a good list. Yeah. That, that is definitely... And incredibly, I'm going to be like realistic and say we both called it. <laughs> Yay! It's a, it's, a, it's a team pod call and we hate West Coast. That's no, the I, I, you hate West Coast. I feel bad for West Coast because their entire coaching staff used to play for North. <laughs> okay. But they annoy the hell out of me. But anyway, that's the footy. Yeah, yeah, on. yeah. Let's move on. Uh, do you want to go mailbag or top five first? I'll let you do some production here. Let's do the top five. Let's I'm feeling ready five. for a top five. Yeah. We're doing a serious one yeah, this time. I'm quite grumpy, so this will work well. Uh, <laughs> uh, lead you us are up. a bit grumpy today, aren't you? Yeah. Just cracking about everything. Let's go. Name me number five. Well, oh, are no, you going to name what it is? Oh, yeah. As host, I should do that. <laughs> uh, we're doing top five coaches. Don't look at my list. Is this supposed to be a surprise? All right, all right. Uh, we're doing top five coaches. You've got a couple of honourable mentions. I have one honourable mention. Yeah, but I want you to say two so I can yell at you. No, no, I'm not. Goodwin's not in there, okay? He's not in there. I thought I said Hardwick as the joke. Oh, uh, yeah, it was Hardwick <laughs> as well. Yeah, okay. No, he's not. I well, thought about putting Hardwick in. I think he's a good coach, but he's not in there. No. Honourable mention, I'm giving to my boy, Ross Lyon. I, I think across his career. This is fair. This is a like legacy honourable mention. Yeah, I, across his career, I think he argued, like, he's up there with the best well, coaches without in question. In terms of pedigree, he's probably the second best coach behind yeah. Clarkson. Yeah. We I just don't it. know if he's still a good coach for this this era of football. Yeah. Right now he's struggling with the current brand of footy. So right now you can't say I like I don't I don't think he has a very good list and I don't think he's doing this year he's not doing too badly with it considering. No. But you're pretty hard pressed to put him in your top 5. So he's an honorable mention. 5 I'm going to give to Brendan Bolton. Oh. Have you got him high or have I've you I've got him a lot higher. Yeah, you've got him high. Look, it I came down a lot of my decisions came down to you need to have some Sadly, had some success. And Brendan Bolton's doing a great job of making a poor list okay, but I think it's a lot harder to make an okay list really good. I and, agree with that. Who? And I, I, I assume I'll find out who's making an okay list really good, though. Because I don't see anyone doing it to the extent that he's making a yeah. bad list okay. They are not. They do not deserve to have won three games if you look at the quality of their list. No, they're, 100% agree. There is no coherence to their list. They rely on two really good older midfielders and Patrick Cripps. Uh, he's gotten he's fixed Cruiser, and Cruiser's now really, really impressive. He's, I finally understand why he was number one. I wouldn't have picked him because I don't think he's... I don't like the idea of picking what he's good at as number one. But you see what they saw in him. He's a physical monster, and he's got that out of him. He's got him working hard around the ground. 
they don't have a forward line, but that's not Brendan Bolton's fault. And he keeps the games low enough scoring to keep his team in the game by playing these ridiculous defences out of nowhere. Playing, getting two guys in and making the most of Plowman and Marchbank by having them both play quasi-loose around the uh, half-back flank so they can intercept the ball consistently. And moving Weedering up the ground and still being okay defensively is incredible. It's a great coaching job. I hundred percent agree, and very good analysis, Banjo. I quite enjoyed that. The only thing, though, I expect in five years' time, I will be saying I, there's a very strong chance I'll be saying he's just about the best coach around. Yeah. Um, but until I see that and I see him take that extra step, I can't quite have him in that top top three. The top five still pretty good. Yeah, it is pretty good. I've got Brad Scott. You're a dickhead. Just Can shut. You up. Just get no. You're not actually trying to claim this. Can you listen? You just have to put someone north in there. <laughs> <laughs> Should I say that uh, Darren Crocker, who's been interim coach for 11 games, Shut world up. record holder? <laughs> Very quickly explain it. I'm sick of you taking the piss out of this segment. <laughs> it's my segment, Scott. I can do what I like. And I think those were your words earlier today. Um, no, so uh, there is a consensus that he's done a fantastic coaching job this year. You can't deny that. And while I think it's, he's done, yes, he's done well considering how crap our list was. Yes, I, I, to be honest, I think that's harsh on him because I think I always thought our list was better, but that's bias. I'll, I'll admit to that. But then also, you did not think we were very good for the last four years when we made two preliminary finals. That has to be worth a fair bit. Talking an okay list to really good, which is what a preliminary final is. That is your criteria, and that is what Brad Scott did in your mind. Using uh, your own mate, words. I'd put him in a similar bracket to Hardwick. I think you've had a slightly oh, better so list, much and you've been getting Hardwick. slightly more out of it. Hardwick has had one of the worst coaching seasons outside of Justin Lepage. But he's had a lot of other very good ones with a very poor list. They're not a very it's, poor It's a list. similar argument, and you just wanted to put him in because he's North Melbourne, and I don't like you. Four, I'm going to give, just based on our discussions before, I'm going to give to uh, Adam Simpson. I think he's a great coach. I I, think I agree. That, I, I think they are one of the best drilled teams in the competition. Yeah, I couldn't put him in for... I like As much as I say that I think it's the list's fault, I, I have to attribute some of it to him, some of the inconsistency to him. And some of the way that they can't play on the MCG is down to him. It can't all be a psychological issue for the players. Some of it has to be his game plan not translating to a wider ground, and I had to dock him for that. I think I, I think I love Adam Simpson, and I'm always going to love Adam Simpson, no matter what he does. <laughs> but I couldn't put him. In I the think I think the one argument you can make against him is that they're so well drilled that he's kind of taken a bit of life out of them. I think that's the only argument you can make against. But I think that that's a bit of a. Wrench. I think that's a I, stupid argument, and yeah. that's why I made a different one. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't like your one that much. Um, but. Um, yeah, I think they're an incredibly well-drilled yeah, team, we, and they, they get a lot out of it. We've said the positives yep. earlier. We, we've gone through that. Yep. I've gone Luke got, Beveridge. you got Beveridge. I, I had Beveridge at three. So. I think he's a really, really good coach in two aspects. He's great at revving you up, and he's... Oh, three. He's great at revving you up, and he's great defensively and through the midfield. His midfield work with their hands is fantastic. Yeah. They... Throw the ball around like it's nobody's business. And I don't mean throw as in throw, even though they do throw it. I mean, they just, they're so quick with their hands that the ball spins around. But he can't coach a forward line to save himself. They don't know how to kick a goal. They kick a goal through sheer will and not, nothing else. There's no coherency in their game plan going forward. And I think that's a major strike yeah. against well, we will. We both have talked about those issues in the past. But I just, you just can't ignore a coach 
who has done what he has done to that club, which was on its knees, and he gave them a premiership. That's like, a really fair it's, point. It's, That's it's why I've got him in the top five. It's absolutely incredible. So I've got him at three. Yeah. So, uh, I've got Don Pike at three. Okay, you've got him at three. I have him at two. Oh, really? <laughs> I thought you'd have Pike number one. No. The, you've talked in the past that you think he's created modern footy and that he's the best coach around. I don't think he's actually the best coach, but he's a great coach. Um, I, I, yeah, I've said why I love Don Pike. He is the... He's for the same reasons Adam Simpson is a good coach. Yeah, he doesn't he, he doesn't have the deficiencies of others, uh, unless you say when Sloan doesn't show up, they're not that good. But that's not his fault. Um, Sloan can take a bit. Incredible. Like I, I've said multiple times that a good coach creates easy goals for his team. That's what he does better than anybody else in the league. Yeah, I, I think the things you see out of a great coach, you see they're well-drilled and they have a clear identity, and you also see players being given a role and they know their role, mm. and they have both of that in spades. Yeah, and I, I think more than that, he gives them room to grow in that role as well. It's yep. not a role that can find you, which is, I think, the knock on Brad Scott. Mm. Brad Scott gives you a role, but often there's not much more you can do other than that role. He gives you that role. Rory Atkins is a great example of this. Rory Atkins was a middling half-forward flanker when he got mm-hmm. there. Rory Atkins is now a very good player. He had 30 touches on the weekend. He moves yep. really well. He's got a fantastic creativity with ball in hand. And I think that's because Don Pike has empowered him to try and do more. Yep. Nailed it. You have Bolden at two. We both have Clarkson at one. You just you just can't ignore Clarkson. No, Clarkson <laughs> is Clarkson's so probably annoying. the greatest coach of the last 30, 40 years. Yeah, yeah, he would He's be. incredible. I don't think the Hawthorne list was that good. Yeah, we've yeah we've said that. Before. It is it is a very good list. It is not a four time premiership list. No, Clarkson is a four time premiership coach. Clarkson redefined the game two or three different times. Yeah, the Clarko's cluster he was the first one to really. Well, bring he was always a, he was always ahead of the, the game. Skill, the emphasis on skills and the way you would carve teams up without just moving the ball quickly and long is incredible. The way he. Like, Luke Hodge isn't the only reason that team is full of arseholes. That, that is Clarkson's personality, and that is part of, <laughs> that is part of what makes him good. He's just fantastic. Yep. Cannot ignore, cannot ignore him, Banjo. Let's move on. We are going to race through the questions because we realise we're taking up too much of everybody's time. Dusty Martin was supposedly offered $1.6 million. Is any player worth that much? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. One point six is over ten percent of your salary cap. I agree, and it can it can break your club culture. It can. Mm. It like, it doesn't always, but it definitely can. If it turns out like, I'm, I'm shocked Tom Boyd didn't break Western Bulldogs club culture because he's got a tenth of their salary cap and he's no good. And yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Dusty <laughs> Martin is not gonna. I don't think will break anyone's club culture, but it's too much to offer anyone. Because it means you're too easy to lose your other good players, and one person doesn't win someone a flag. Otherwise, Richmond would be better. Moving on, is incorrect disposal no longer a rule? It was absolutely terribly unpaid recently. They're just it has been for it. years. I'm just annoyed. Like they stopped playing holding the ball. Is this your own question? No, it's Kurt. <laughs> this has been the case forever. It's an old question. It, it, it is still a rule, but it's it's a hard rule to police because so often you'll get blindsided. And I think I think umpires do want to pay incorrect disposal, but players are just so quick with their hands yeah. now, and they're often blindsided. It's very difficult. That's fair, and they do pay throws more often now, which they might do. take up some of the slack. Anyway, now that North Melbourne has defeated Melbourne and Carlton, is it too soon to call them Premiership favourites? Also, a real question. It's not too soon. It just can never happen because you're not even going to make finals. Are you saying Melbourne's over. no good and that wasn't a good win, Scott? 
saying Melbourne played terribly on the day. It wasn't that good a win. Moving on. <laughs> Is there too early to follow Daniel's comeback to discuss him as this year's Brownlow medalist? I wonder who this question is from. Your brother, every time, any Daniel Wells-related question. Um, no, he won't win the brown moment. <laughs> no, he won't, but purely because he hasn't played enough games because he is the greatest player of all time. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. That was the Plebs on Footy podcast. Give us a like on Facebook. Uh, follow me on Twitter at PlebRoryAFL. Give us a share if you feel like it. Let's post our tips. Oh, yeah, let's do tips quickly. <laughs> uh, you're going to have to remember that because I'm not doing it again. First up, we have... Who's Geelong playing round one? Uh, Adelaide. Adelaide. No, Hawthorne. Oh, it's Port Hawthorne Thursday night. Oh, yeah, okay. My it's bad. <laughs> Port Hawthorne, is it, in Adelaide? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Port Adelaide. Quite easily. Geelong, Adelaide. Adelaide. Geelong. Geelong aren't that great. Yeah, but they do know how to beat Adelaide. Adelaide. Uh, Gold great. Coast, West Coast. Uh, West Coast. Don't be a <laughs> West Coast. GWS Essendon. <laughs> Don't be a wuss. Ah, uh, GWS. Uh, North Richmond. Richmond. I feel obliged to go North Melbourne. Yeah, fair enough. Melbourne. I'm not that even that confident. And then about, finally, Frio Collingwood. In Frio. In Perth. That's an interesting one. It is an interesting one. Ah, I'm going to be fun, Frio. Fuck. <laughs> go Collingwood then. Collingwood. <laughs> anyway, once again, thanks for listening and goodbye.